You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is Black Hollywood Live. Justice is served. Featuring the week's roundup and commentary on legal news. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live, Justice is served. Hello and welcome to this very special edition of Justice is Served. Today, the defunding of Planned Parenthood has been called off. But Planned Parenthood and abortion keep coming back in the news. So we're going to talk with our expert about what Planned Parenthood actually does and what does it mean to defund it. And next, who's your daddy? Or what is your daddy? We're going to talk about how paternity laws are changing, hopefully, to adapt to the modern uh, dynamics of the modern family, parenthood, and alternative methods of reproduction. And finally, we're going to talk about the five absolute legal must-dos for all of you prospective parents out there. Welcome to Justice is Served. Stay tuned with us today with our uh, legal expert, Lauren Lake. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Thank you. Great to be here. (laughs) It's nice to have you back. Uh, Chelsea and I missed you the last time you were on Justice is Served, um, so this is a a great treat for us to have you on. Uh, Lauren um, is a renowned attorney and legal expert. She has... uh, uh, built a prominent law career in New Jersey, New York, and Michigan. Um, you couldn't just take one bar exam. You had to take three. <laughs> I hate you. But anyway, um, she has um, built a law career. Her law practice comprises of family law, criminal law, and entertainment law. So talk, talk about colorful. Um, I only do criminal defense, and it is pretty colorful. Yes. And, uh, and she is, first and foremost, the judge on Lauren Lake's paternity court, that's now entered its third season. So bravo, Lauren. I know how hard it is to get on TV and thank stay you. on TV. Well, thank so, you. Uh, thank congratulations. You. We're very excited. And she's also the co-founder of WEEN, W-E-E-N, Women in Entertainment Empowerment Network, which promotes the positive portrayal of women in entertainment and society through outreach and mentoring of young women. So can't wait to talk to you about what's on our docket today. Um, first and foremost, the defunding of Planned Parenthood. We started hearing about this. Uh, there was a buzz about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, thank God it's been blocked. It's been voted against by the Senate. And also President Obama issued his veto before the Senate even got to hear about this. Um, but, you know, Planned Parenthood and abortion is always, they're always coming into uh you know, pl- politics are always being inserted into women's health and abortion, and we always hear about this. So I think it's really important for our viewers to know what P- Planned Parenthood actually does. Um, I, I understand only 3% of its services are abortions. And yeah. And that the other 97% is a bunch of other really important well, things. Well, let me make it clear. I, I, I do not work for Planned Parenthood. I was approached by them for a, a PSA they were doing. And I know from my work in, in, in my courtroom, a paternity court, how often the litigants in my courtroom say they have used services. And they often say Planned Parenthood. When they are confused about whether they are pregnant or not, they often say they go there. When they want to get a test, they go there. Mm-hmm. Uh, me personally, as a young uh, law student and mm-hmm. singer, when I was not, you know, I wasn't insured. I used Planned Parenthood mm-hmm. for breast screenings. I'm high risk for breast cancer. So personally, 
and professionally. I know of a myriad of other things uh, that Planned Parenthood does for the community. And that's why I agreed to do the PSA, because I think it's important for people to understand that there is a disparity in terms of the access to health care and reproductive information. Some people just don't get it. You know, we take for granted as women, I'm going to go see my doctor. Right. There are so many young women out here today, especially women of color. They don't have that doctor. Right. And they do not know how their body wo- bodies work. I say on the PSA, if you don't know how your body works, you don't know how your life works because your body is your temple. So I think the programs, the other programming that Planned Parent does, abortion aside, you know, mm-hmm. that's, I believe that is a personal choice that a woman makes, but that aside, when you're just confused about how your body works and you need to learn how to take care of yourself, how to get your annual exams, your breast screenings, and not just for young women. Planned Parenthood is for men, too. Actually, young boys. Actually, 40% of what the services that it, it renders is STD and, and STD and, test, yes. and AIDS testing. Absolutely. Is, and those are crucial in our right. community and for our young people. So that's why I agreed to talk you know, a, a, a about how that service has affected the people in my courtroom and my own life. And I believe it's an invaluable service. And it helps young people grow, mature, and, and get the information they need to empower themselves. And I, I also know from your work uh, in paternity court that there's a lot of referrals and, and things of that sort where people are referred to resources and such. And I understand that Planned Parenthood actually does that as well. Sure. Where, you know, part of their services is, is this uh, referral and outreach. A- absolutely. And, you know, you'd be surprised the the things that people do not know about their body, uh, especially young people. You know, it's interesting to me how many young people are having sex but know nothing about it. I mean, the things that people come in my courtroom and say, and I say to myself, wow, you're engaging in an activity regularly without protection that will produce a human being, and you know that little about it. Uh, and, and this is a place where they can get answers. And this is the place where they don't have to fear asking the question. We can't remember. Sex is still such a taboo topic. Right. People don't want to talk to their parents about it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people don't even talk to, you know, your their mom takes you, you, their partner, and then their doctor. How many times does a, you know, a young person maybe go to the doctor when their parents take them? Can you imagine right, being right. a young girl? You're 15, you're 16, your mom takes you to the gynecologist. Well, sitting there that day, no, you're going to ask not one answer. set of questions. <laughs> right. right. But you need somewhere where you can ask those ugly questions, questions right. those secret questions, those ones you don't want anybody to know. Right. That's what Planned Parenthood and is it, for so many people. And to play sort of, I was going to say devil's advocate, but that's probably not what they'd want me to call them. I'll play the conservative advocate. They said there's many, many thousands of other women's clinics out there. Mm -hmm. Can't all this money just go to organizations that do not do abortions at all? Because Mm -hmm. even though there's no federal money that goes directly to pay for abortions, because it goes to Planned Parenthood, it sort of is just moved around Mm accounting-wise, and and we shouldn't fund Planned Parenthood for that reason. Go ahead. I just think that's it's it's just a political right. It's re- it's crap. disgusting I, I, actually because frankly there's about five hundred twenty million dollars of federal funding going to Planned Parenthood 
a year. And according to reports, uh, that's going to end up costing over $650 million in taxpayer dollars, you know, over the first decade of saving this They've money. They've been around for 100 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, you know, it's 121. Yeah, it's almost 100 years. <laughs> right. Are you kidding me? Now right. all of a sudden, you know, there, yeah. oh, we, now we're going to fund every other clinic. I don't mind funding going to other clinics, but there is no reason to tear down an organization right. that right. helps this many women, pr- provides a safe place for not just women, not just men, but families as well. Right. You have to yeah. understand how many families in this country do not have health insurance. Look, can't afford birth control. I mean, do you know how much birth control costs if you don't have any insurance? 60 bucks, 70 bucks. Bam! Yeah. Who has that? Right. Every single month when you're struggling to feed your kids and keep food on your table and shoes on their feet and get them to right. school, gas, go to work. This is a place... You know, you can go in. I think you can get uh, uh, um, birth control at Planned Parenthood. And and don't quote me, but I remember someone saying, telling me. It's by donation. Yeah, Yeah. by donation or like 20 bucks, 15 bucks. It's affordable for college students, for young people. You know, once they talk about defunding, I I, I always say, do you care about the baby or don't you? Okay, so you you don't want to fund this organization because they perform abortions. 3% of what they do. All right. right. So now the rest of them are having the babies. Well, when they're alive and they're in my courtroom and they don't know who their father is and they need to know that. And and until they identify that, they need support. They need care. And that mother is now asking for this social service to help her feed this child and take care of that child. Now she's... He's a deadbeat. Now he's a deadbeat. Now the child isn't worth a dime because we don't want to provide it because you got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. No, the bootstraps are the information. Right. And we can't block people from that. I think it's 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 just too And it just, just to backtrack for our viewers, this came about because over the summer there was a, a sting uh, video sort of that was all over. It went viral over the internet. Um, later, it it was uh, it was reported that it was a hoax. It was actually fake. Um, well, and not it that showed, they were hoax, but they were edited such that they weren't really... They were misrepresenting absolutely. what was really happening. So what, what the videos were showing was that the uh, employees of Planned Parenthood were selling fetal tissue for profit. This is a nonprofit organization. Obviously, it's a no-no to do that. Well, and it's also against the law to sell body body parts, and that's not what they were doing. They were giving it to science, but it has to be paid for. Right, to right. To reimburse them for the costs of it, and that's what we saw on those videos. But there was nothing like, you know, Carly Fiorina said in the last presidential debate that if you watch the video, you'll see a full-formed fetus kicking its legs. And There's no such par- footage of no. that, that anyway. a straight lie. So this, again, this is um, um, the conservatives going crazy uh, about abortions. This was the House of Representatives' House of Representatives' response to these videos. You know what? When the spending bill comes up in the fall, we're going to do something about this, and we're going to cut off the funding for Planned Parenthood. Not a good idea, as Lauren explained, and, I, and I'm sure this is going to come up again, and they're going to try to attack it again. Um, but, you know... One other issue about this that I wonder if you guys have thoughts on. They, they say that, some, the conservatives, that they find it morally reprehensible to have an abortion, to support abortion, so they don't want their money going to that, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, I sometimes find it morally reprehensible, the the wars, the killings that is done by, you know, our government abroad. So do I get to withdraw my tax dollars, you know, the $600 billion budget that goes to <laughs> our defense where right. we kill other people and it causes some of our own soldiers to die? So I, I, I don't... It's political play. That's so, why yeah, I said it's, it's like verbal gymnastics. Sometimes I just get sick of even entertaining it because you're right. I mean, you can take that same logic, apply it to yet another situation that we all pay for. And it, at the end of the day, 
because this organization has such a long-standing history in our right. country. Just helping women, empowering women. Right. I mean, it's, it's, and it's families, always, like you said, like and I said, families. and families. But women are the crux of the family. Right. Let's be clear. Right. We we run our families. We, we birth rocks, our children. Yeah. We, we have to be. Right. And so when you take away a service that benefits us, a yeah. place that we can call upon when we're in need, when we don't have the resources and the money, maybe as the next person does, you're you're you're, you're hurting women, and I'm I'm not for that. Yeah. And I and it's very possible with all the money that we spend, let's say like on the military, that we fund. Planned Parenthood the way we have been, and fund all the other thousands of clinics that conservatives. Would I, I certainly fund. think we could. T- we, we have money to, a, to appropriate. There's to not the, to a scarcity problem the same yeah. way that some people would have us think there is. All right, next on the <laughs> next on the docket. Um, I said, who's your daddy and what is your daddy? Because uh, there's there's this question of whether paternity laws are changing fast enough to keep up with the ever-evolving definition of a family. I mean, you we have now men marrying men, women marrying women legally. Constitution says it's constitutionally legal to do this. And kids being uh, conceived in laboratories. So the question is, is are our laws keeping up with these ever-evolving technologies and dynamics of what it is to be a family this uh, in today's world? Um, one of the things that came to my mind, Lauren, was that, you know, when I think about dissolution and the laws around divorce, I feel like they're so archaic. I see friends go through divorces, and I see some real injustices in that part of the law, um, but I'm not very familiar with, you know, paternity laws and, and whether those are just as slow as some of the, you know, dis- laws around and dissolution, surrounding dissolution or the diso master, that great, you know, crazy formula. Um, so uh, it'd be interesting to hear from you um, using some of the recent cases we've seen around celebrities in the news um, about the various issues that have come up, um, you know, regarding paternity laws and and what courts have ruled. Um, Can you start by telling us a little bit about the general basic rule around paternity in California? Well, the bottom line is, is if you, paternity is very simple. It's about determining who's the father of a child. Mm -hmm. A woman can sue a man, can start a paternity suit to require a man to be able to help support the child, to have that man named as a father, as the father of Mm -hmm. the child. What people don't understand are how many people are experiencing paternity issues because they don't truly know which man's the father. Mm -hmm. And look, in this country, you can often name a man as father, Mm -hmm. and that may not be the father. But the legal ramification of having your your name on a birth certificate Mm -hmm. um, creates this this. Idea, this legal. Right. Well, it, it's that you become the legal father. Mm-hmm. Now, presumption's even something different. Right. Presumption is when a child is born within a marriage. Mm-hmm. That child is presumed to be the child of the man, the husband in that marriage. Mm-hmm. It's so complicated. It varies state to state. It varies situation by situation. So it would be irresponsible for me to even lay down blanket, um, uh, uh, um, you know, Exactly, because it it is so specific. And this is where it gets hairy, because there are so many people that cannot afford here. We're going we're going back to access mm-hmm. to file a paternity suit, to file any suit in, mm-hmm. in, in the American court system. You need some money. You need to be able to hire a lawyer. Right. You need to be able to go into the courtroom and take time off of work mm-hmm. and sit there and have your case heard. Many people don't have that. And many people are also very fearful of the law. So you have thousands of people that have paternity issues that are doing what? 
sweeping them under the rug mm-hmm. or keeping quiet, not pursuing them in the court system, which is why my courtroom, I believe, is so important. Yeah. It's a place where people can get the answers they need swiftly without having to incur the financial Thousands of dollars. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. And the waiting. You know, people yeah. think, okay, I'll just go get my answer. I'm going to file a suit, and by the end of the month, I'll right. know. You obviously have never been in an American courtroom. Right, right. You know, that does not happen. You have to wait. You have to go through the process. So, um, you know, I could go on and on, but I think... To answer the second part of your question, we're far, we're so far behind. We are not, in terms of paternity and parenting and, and, and figuring out the legalities of such, we have now, the train has left the station Mm -hmm. and really, legally, we're just chasing after it, making it up as we go along. Because we've seen three situations just this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Sherry Shepard case. Right. Uh, Sophia Vergara, her, her Mm -hmm. case. And the Jason Patrick case. And I want to start with Jason. Where the law not know what to do. Right. And I want to start with Jason Patrick because this is interesting. Um, he He's the star of The Lost Boys. And he, uh, at some point, was a sperm donor. Yes. Um, when he was with his ex-girlfriend. His girl, ex-girlfriend had the baby. She was the, she carried the baby. Um, and he fathered yes. that baby, little Gus, for a couple he of years. Agreed to, right. He right. agreed to be the sperm donor. Right. But then... He did father for a minute, but then they broke up. They broke up, and it's she's the scorned girlfriend, in my view. I think she's the scorned girlfriend who doesn't have the man, and she wants to take the little boy away from him as well. It's it's almost, to me, a little bit of, uh, you know, because she, she let him into his life well, for two it's years. it's interesting you have that perspective, and I love that. You see straight through that. because yeah. No, no, yeah, really. No, it's, because it's, what's happening is the, the way to conceive and birth children is becoming even more complex, and yet the issues are still so plain and simple, just as they were years ago, Mm -hmm. people using children as pawns. Right. I see it in the courtroom all the time. But now the science is getting to be so sophisticated. Mm -hmm. The law has got to become more sophisticated to keep up with that. Right. Because literally this man is fighting two years to be the father of a baby that we all know he is the child's biological father. There was no dispute that he was the sperm donor and that he was listed on I think the not the birth certificate but he was yeah there's actually an agreement for him not to be on the birth certificate but I think he was um there was an agreement that they signed where they they intended to be the parents of Gus and so he's coming up with evidence photos you know Skype I am so disgusted this whole case like really yeah and he's saying he's saying like look this is I love him he loves me we're in each other's lives and let's be very honest when this child is 18 years old and everyone's parents is come they're coming to high school graduation are you going to suggest to me that he would not want his father to be there because of some nonsense? I don't even know right. what the breakdown was, to tell you the truth. Right. How is it? I think I'm very biased because I sit in, you know, on the bench in my courtroom and I right. watch young people come in my courtroom every day, sometimes even 30 and 40 year old people. They just want to know their father. They just want to know if their father wanted them, loved them. They want to know who he is. They want to know where he is. And they want to know what are the circumstances that prevented us from having a relationship. Mm-hmm. I really think this, you know, this this girlfriend of Jason Patrick, she's got to sit down and she's got to really think about whether she wants to answer those tough questions later right. from her child. 
because all of this legal drama and nonsense that they're going through right now has nothing to do with this baby. Right, right. And, and, it's, and it's everybody really her watching agenda. knows that. It's there her agenda. And and question I had for you is, you know, our, for our viewers, I think it's important to know how somebody in Jason Patrick's position can avoid having to go through this two-year litigation to establish that he's the father. Because remember, the, the lower court said he's not, and then he had to appeal it. Well, That's I think if there litigation. was a way to avoid it, quite simply, he would have done that. See, this is what I'm talking about well, in terms what, of the law. It, wasn't it, it that they needed to have it in writing as to what happens well, if this they is, separate? Well, this was this is this is the point of what I was just about to get to. It it, it was if he could have avoided it before it happened, I'm sure he would have done that. Right. But he was probably not informed or either not advised because what he agreed to be was a donor. Mm-hmm. And what I I can't remember specifically with this case, but I do believe there what was missing was a letter, a, a document that had the intention of right. what it would what would happen in the event they broke up. Right. And see, this is one of the, the issues that you know now. Sex is an extracurricular activity. You know, we just have it like we go bowling. You know, right. we're going to go to the mall. We're going to go bowling. We're going to have sex. Nobody, you know, no, serious. Right. But we don't understand that now we're creating people. I mean, you, you, that's why, you know, some people say, many conservatives, and we'll give them a plug. But, you know, many people still believe conservative and, 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 and liberal that that's why children really should be born within a marriage because the child has a protection, right. meaning that father is presumed to be the father. He's on the well, birth and certificate. And the, courts, that the courts favor having two parents versus one. Yes, of course they do. And But the courts are also skewed oftentimes mm-hmm. to women in favor of women. Right. And men are left out in the cold more often. And I'm than sorry, like sometimes men are, some men are better equipped to father and mother child than some, some women I, I like know. Like I but, said, I just don't understand how a man has to sit up and beg for two and three years to be the father, father. of a child that he fathered. Especially a guy like him who can give the child a really good life. I mean, this is not a dead if dad. He had, if he was driving a bus and dug ditches at night, that child is still better right? to have his father in his life and whatever support, love, care that he can provide. Right. He's in, the child's entitled to that. And speaking of the deadbeat dad, that takes us to the Sherry Shepard story. Um, she's the veteran uh, uh, <laughs> nice talk <segue>. show host <laughs> of The View, um, who, you know, whose net worth is about $10 million, but her ex-husband, Lamar Sally, was apparently making 30 grand a year off of unemployment. Uh, primarily, and at some point, the, she signed a surrogate contract. Yes. Uh, she agreed to mother a child. The sperm came from Lamar Sally. The egg came from an egg donor. Um, the surrogate mother was someone else, and she was just going to be the mother, the mother, mother. You know, she's going to mother this child. And um, they broke up. And, and I really have a problem with this. Well, they case. were married and they got a divorce. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, they were married and they got a divorce. And they and got I, a divorce before the child was born. Right. And and then he was forcing her to basically into motherhood. He was saying, you sign this contract, you're on the hook. And she's saying, no, you just want my money because you're a deadbeat guy. and You're making 30 grand a year. You're trying to make child support to support yourself. But the problem I have with this, and maybe that's part of his motive, the problem I had with this case is that by virtue of signing, and I know as lawyers we all... You know, we know how important it is to look and read and know the ramifications of what you're signing. But, you know, by virtue of signing something in the in the course of your marriage that suddenly, I mean, being a mother, being a parent is a huge 
responsibility. Yes. And now suddenly she's like, I don't, I don't want a little Lamar in my life. You know, I'm done well, with this guy. I don't want to be on the hook with. Well, you know? no, I think it's even deeper than that. What Sherry asserted was he purposefully, with intention, defrauded and manipulated her into signing the certain contract into creating a baby right because he made it sound like it could save their marriage she said i was trying to save my marriage he really wanted a child i couldn't have the child i'll agree to this having this baby mm-hmm. uh, you know and 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 he manipulated me knowing full well um and you know i i read somewhere in this case that he had, it, it, somewhere she found out that he was in another relationship like with some woman that was like one of the bridesmaids at their wedding. Like, it gets real messy. <laughs> right. So, but the bottom line is, it, it was one of those messy divorce things. However, this baby was created during the marriage. And let's be clear, Sherry's money probably paid for it. Right. Because he couldn't afford no, to pay for that. Definitely not. And, but I wrote a blog about this when it first happened. I was so fascinated about this case because I knew this was long before the determination by the court. Mm-hmm. I said, there's no way in the world they're going to let her create this child. And then say, I'm not going to be the child's mother. Well, you can't. You can't. Even though I feel for her. Exactly. Even though I feel for her. Yeah. There's no way in the world. Well, so then could she, with parental rights, then give the baby up for adoption? Well, she can't give the baby up for adoption because he's the legal father. So he would have to sign off on that. And, and he's who, never going to sign. No. And who for it. was her legal team and, advising her about when she was deciding to go through with this whole medical ordeal to make this baby happen? I don't know, when the but they missed the one. Right, and I don't know if she was honest with her legal team. I'm going to just yeah. stand up for the lawyers for right. a second because you know a lot of times as a lawyer, and I know you guys know they come into the office performing. They tell you one child. <laughs> oh, they having a full show, and you sitting there looking, going like, well, when is the commercial right. going to come? Because you are in here performing, and I need you to know how am I going to help you? Right. But you got to break right. it down to me. Right? D- did she tell her lawyer, look, what this exactly? marriage is on the rocks, right? And I'm trying to have this baby, or did she go in there acting like you know the black ladies? <laughs> and we just about to have us another baby. No, you know what I'm being honest. No, I know, but also, but also, I think a lot of people have babies to fix their marriage. Well, we they know do. That but what well. I'm saying is, I, I, I'm wondering how those lawyers weren't clued in and said we need one more clause, right. and that clause means that clause is provided the provided marriage is it doesn't. This right. marriage does not last, right? And look, you know, nowadays we can get real specific with it. If it lasts zero to five years, if it lasts five, five to, to ten, ten years, you know, <laughs> right. you know like right. what are on we doing with this child that's not your biological child? Are you still agreeing to be a part of its life? And uh, right. do you understand you will be this child's legal mother and you will be responsible? But this and is she life has to pay cha- It's really life changing to be done with a guy. You know, it's a fairly short marriage, <laughs> done with a guy and yet not done with a guy because now you have a baby with him. That oh, you- that happens to mil- millions of women. Oh, every absolutely! Day. There are a lot more women paying child support but, than people. But, really but I mean, understand. this is not even a child that it's not her over. It's not her eggs. It's not it's her. Not, uh, but but here yeah. we go. We want to benefit from the science. We have to also accept the burdens. Meaning, yeah. mm-hmm. you created a life. Now right. it didn't grow inside of you, and it was not biologically a part of you. But you created it. Right. 
And you're responsible for it. Right. That's what the law says. But this also takes me back to what I proposed before, which is the law favoring two parents. And I think the court in this case was like, okay, we've got a guy making 30 grand off of unemployment. We've got Sherry Shepard, who's worth, you know, $10 million, is going to give this child the life that this child needs. Well, think of and it that, from the That child's going to en- enter into the foster care system with the, with the father being the single parent. Well, well I mean, I mean, it's I mean in look, the best interest of the child. There we have, to have it. There we have it. Know, I both, can't say that the child would be in foster care. I'm, I can't even say that off of 35000 Lamar couldn't take good care of the child because the truth is there are plenty of people taking care of children off $30,000 and less. The The issue is, like you said, the best. policy concern, mm-hmm. the standard, the best interest of the child. Why, when this woman agreed to create this child. She can't just we, walk away with it. This little baby just growing up in the world, like, people went through a lot of trouble to create me. You know what? I'm no, honest. It, it, but, but I don't know how I'm getting to school. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, right. It, yeah. It's not right for the child. Right. This was the right decision, even though I feel for Sherry. I really do. All right. And then the most recent example has been Sofia Vergara and her um, ex-fiance, Nick Loeb. And the legal issue there is very interesting. Is it's, it's essentially whether embryos are property or a living being and who owns them. Oh, Lord. Uh, yeah. And it, it gets <laughs> we, even more. We need like 15 shows for that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make it really quick. So the issue in this case was, you know, where Nick was pro-life. He, he said the embryos, these two embryos that they froze, um, these were Sophia's eggs. Uh, or, he he should be able to bring them to term, even though the relationship is over and they've separated. And she's like, I don't want a little mini Sophia, mini Nick. I don't want one running around. We're done. Um, and she's against it. And so the 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 clinic is also sued because the clinic didn't uh, provide in the in the agreement what happens in the case of separation. It does address death of one or the other. Case of a death, then the embryos are thawed out and destroyed. Mm-hmm. But what is what what does happen? What happens to the embryo if um, the the donor and the uh, the mother are separated? And so um, so. So my question I'm only laughing because it's so complex and yeah. we are so far behind like literally the law is clueless it really is because I don't think of course when the laws were created they never saw this coming right they've got babies bottom line they got babies on ice right and and a nitrogen tank they have babies on ice little embryos she says they're babies he says they're you know, he says they're babies. He says they're babies. And she, she says, says they're things. Th- exactly. You know, and uh, and it's property. And I think the court, in a legal sense, the court views them as more of a property than, than a being. But like you said, their laws are so far from evolving into this embryonic realm that um, maybe this this is something that has, has to have its own special laws. You know, oh, I think, I think it will. You know? I think it will because, you know, look, I remember years ago talking, you know, what happens when we break up? Who gets the stuff? I remember years ago doing a Ricky Lake show right. and they were talking about the big screen TV and who gets the, you know, the right. dog and who gets, now who gets the embryos? Right, right. Who, who gets the embryos? Right. Nobody could have even thought that we would be talking about that now. And yet we have to, and again, people that are not married are creating people and it's complex yeah. Because it, when the relationship was is over, it doesn't mean that you the know life is over. unless you said mm-hmm. in writing, if we are not together anymore, you know, one or more parties has thirty days to say they are taking full responsibility for these right. embryos and 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 completely, you know, uh, 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 taking you know responsible responsibility away from the other parent, or they are going to be discarded. 
or they they were not prepared. Right. They so were so the, I think if we had to guess how it would go down, if the interest of the child, the uh, what's in the child's best interest, is the thing at, at play here, even though it's an embryo, not fully a child, is it in that embryo slash child's best interest to be born into a world where its mother doesn't want it to be born? Right, and but to say, get there, you, you have to determine whether it's a, l- a ba- being is or it, a thing. Is it a, is, right, is if it it's a, a baby? Thing, we don't even get to that question. Even, even going the most conservative route, and let's just say it's a child, is it in the child's best interest to be born? And I'm sure that will be a policy mother? consideration and a consideration mm-hmm. as the laws begin to advance that they're going to have to think about. But, but again, now we're seeing more single-parent households if one parent truly wants these children and can take care of these children, who's if if they're deemed to be children, you know. Right. Here we go. All right, we, we're running out of time. I don't want to cut anyone short, but let's. Um, we want to hear from Lauren about the top five things that parents, prospective parents, should do to protect themselves legally. Oh, I did a. Oh yeah, I did a piece for Black Enterprise a while right. back, and one I of just, them was the living will. Right. Yeah, one of them. Yeah, one of them is that. I mean, look. When you're dealing with parents and you have children and you have families, there are things that you just need to think about. Right. You know, anything can happen. We we live in a world where you, you know, you're going along fine today and then tomorrow, God knows what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Just try to be prepared. So I just wrote up a few simple things like having a living will, meaning if if something happens and, and you need to identify which one of your children is going to be your medical proxy, what right. you want done, how you want things handled. If you get gravely ill and, 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 and no one, you know, knows what to do, mm-hmm. have that, um, um, written out and have that prepared because that's going to save your family a lot of time, a lot of heartache and money if they've got to go to court. And don't go to probate court. Right, and don't have to go to probate court. Uh, What about a college fund? Start doing that. Setting some money aside for college for your children. Mm-hmm. Do that. It's, I'm sure it's advantageous in terms of your taxes, but also for your children. College is so expensive now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can't guarantee your child's going to get that scholarship. I don't care how good he can play football. <laughs> Prepared. You right. know, I know a lot of parents say that. You know, no, my child is going to get a scholarship. Next, uh, magic I Johnson. hope he's yeah. saving. Um, <laughs> um, life insurance. Having that. Having, um, you know, uh, your life insurance paid and understanding who's the beneficiary, just simple things like that. Mm-hmm. Going to a lawyer, just having those simple items done. Or trusts. Or, or you can do a trust. And then I think the most important tip that you had, and it, it really ties into what we've talked about on the show today, is a prenup. I always yeah. thought of prenups as, you know, a gold digger marrying a really rich old exactly. guy, and then the old guy wants to protect his property. But, yeah. but in, in, in the context that you've put it, it's very interesting because it's to protect protect the child from getting what you want the child to get as opposed exactly. to uh, the spouse or someone else. Exactly. It's all about protecting your children at the end of the day. You know, I see people go through such pains. We just talked about to have children, mm-hmm. to bring them into the world. Mm-hmm. And yet then they live their lives and the children go, I mean, basically unprotected if something were to happen to them. So these simple things are ways you can help protect your children yeah. in the event something untimely or unfortunate happens to you. All right, Lauren, thank you so much thank for you. joining us. Um, our viewers, please tweet us. You can tweet me at Azari Law, Lauren Lake at Lauren Lake ENT, and Chelsea at Chelsea Galicia. Please share your thoughts. Please visit us on iTunes and YouTube and click like and post your questions and your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. And I want to thank Lauren again for joining us. I have a great respect for the work that you do because as a criminal defense attorney, I come across uh, people that have not had good parenting. And I think there's a really close nexus between some of my clients and what has happened early on 
on in their lives. Um, so, uh, again, thank you so much for coming back to see us. Please come back and see us again, and we will see you next week right here on Justice is Served. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio, Instagramming, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.